Welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. This is a special edition, an off-season report of the Vancouver Canucks and the Arizona Coyotes. We come to you with this episode with the knowledge, the fact that Justin will be married by the end of the week. That is crazy. It's a beautiful thing. That is crazy. It's finally going to happen. You, uh, yeah. You, this is this is what the sixth time that you guys have <laughs> tried to set a date. <laughs> Damn, I mean, it it feels like it, right? It I does. Mean, yeah, we we've I, we're going on date number four officially. But you guys have only been on four dates, and you're getting married. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm excited. It's going to be a lot of fun. I I've been yes, working sir. on my speech, so I'm I'm ready to go. Oh, I'm excited to hear it. Um, okay, well let's uh, let's get to some hockey talk. The Vancouver Canucks had a very disappointing regular season, uh, missing the playoffs, and uh, you know I guess there was that little little rush at the end there where if they had won like f- their last eight games that were all postponed, they would have made the playoffs. But alas, it was not to be. Uh, the The Vancouver Canucks were, you know, I think they were kind of that team last year. Uh, if you listen to our show on the Ottawa Senators and the LA Kings, you can go back and, and subscribe and find that show. Uh, the Senators, I said, are going to be the team that everybody's saying, oh, this team's going to be the up-and-coming team. They're going to be great. They're going to make the playoffs. They're going to surprise everybody. And Vancouver, while they did make the playoffs last season, um, I think they surprised everybody by doing so. And I, I think that this everybody kind of overrated them coming into this year. Uh, not to mention all the COVID stuff, but defensively speaking, this team was just not as good. They did not get as good of goaltending as we thought that they would get after seeing what they were able to do in the playoffs after signing Brayton Holtby. Like, I think we thought this year was going to go different. Yeah. I mean, you looked at that division they were in, that Canadian division, and we thought, okay, yeah, you know, Edmonton could contend. Obviously, Toronto's was the cream of the crop there, but you figured playing Calgary, playing Ottawa, playing Montreal, you know, these middling teams that potentially you could take advantage of and, you know, get a few, you know, a few more points than maybe you deserved out of, uh, you know, maybe in another division. But, yeah, it just it seemed to just show that, you know, obviously Braden Holpe and Thatcher Demko both early on in the season struggled in goal. Uh, Demko managed to find his way, you know, as the season progressed, but obviously too little too late. And then, on the back end, right, we talked about the loss on, on D, and I mean, gosh, why, I mean, Chris Tanev, you know, they, they let him go for, you know, little to no money more than what they brought in, and it's like, it clearly affected this team's identity on the back end, and it showed tremendously because they just, it seemed like they couldn't stop teams from just, you know, beating them up, to you know, offensively all year long. Yeah, and I, it's funny to me that this team, that what they did, uh, from from a goaltending perspective, in letting Jacob Markstrom walk, he signed you know he signed six million dollars for six years. They they go and they and they grab Braden Holpe. They're paying him. I know I know Demko's making five million. I I don't know. It it seems like they they let the guy go who they had. Man, it, it feels like Markstrom. It was always like, no, 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 he's good. He's going to be good. He's going to be good. And then he's finally good. And they're like, yeah, we're going to let him go for the next guy who we think is going to be good. Like, 
it didn't make a lot of sense to me. They had put so much time and effort into into making Markstrom who he was, and now here you are bringing in another goaltender. And I think that they probably could have kept both of them. They probably could have found a way, and instead they let him go. And I feel like they're you know the team was built around the way Jacob Markstrom played, and it just didn't work the same way. It took them a while. I, I think Demko would be okay, but. Uh, I didn't love that move. Didn't love letting Tanev go. I there were a lot of kind of those strange, like, hey, this guy is actually the glue on in that area, and and they're just letting these guys walk. Uh, and then in the forward position, it just felt like they were throwing anybody that they could at the wall to see what would take. And you know, I this team just couldn't score goals. They just couldn't score goals, and with Elias Pettersson going down, they were they were bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, I, don't get me wrong; they they still had, you know, JT Miller still producing pretty well. Brock Besser was actually better than I thought he probably would have been this year, even with a healthy, uh, you know, Pettersson all year. I mean, he still managed to put up twenty three goals and almost fifty points, but. Um, you know, I mean, still the depth is where it really showed that it was affected, and you got. You know, all these guys like Jimmy VC uh, that you brought in to hope to try to fill in, you know, some of that bottom six and Jake Vertanen. And honestly, to me, it just it obviously didn't really pan out. And um, yeah, it just scoring goals was such a problem for this team. And when you struggle early on letting so many goals in, it's you, obviously you can't win games that way. And, you know, long term success is just not going to be there. And it, you know, was obvious. And you know, I don't get me wrong. I a lot of teams couldn't survive without their top sentiment, but I mean, you're you're a team that you know obviously was competitive the year before, and I think they had enough leadership in that that team where you know they should have been able to at least um, hold on to things, but they were just too far behind from the get go. It just there was no making it up at that point. Yeah, I think this the Vancouver Canucks need to. They need to do something here in the offseason. They're always busy in the UFA market. They're, they're usually always looking to bring in people, and people want to live in Vancouver, so that's not really an issue. Um, I think it's going to be a matter of, like, hey, who can they who can they bring in to be that second-line center? Because at this point, you've got Elias Pettersson, and then after that, you know, Brandon Sutter is a free agent, and he's not a second-line center anyways. Uh, I, you're really missing a lot down the middle. And well, I mean, Bo Horvat's going to be their second line guy and I'm I'm totally fine with him because he's going to be a 50 to 60 point guy, but the way he plays defensively, he's just he's like the poor man's uh Patrice Bergeron basically in my mind. And he's the captain of that team. So, I don't have a problem as far as their centerman goes, but when you go to their third line, right? Nothing. Fourth line, it's it's pretty bare. Well, yeah, but then uh, when one of those guys goes down, you don't even have it. There's nobody. Like exactly. there's nobody to score, and then yeah, and then you go to the wing, and you've got JT Miller and Brock Besser, and uh, there's really not a whole lot else happening. Uh, you know, I think Jake Vertanen. I think the the ship has kind of sailed on whether you know, hey, is Jake Vertanen going to be good? No, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> he he's. Not that good of a player, and is he worth keeping on your fourth line? Maybe, uh, but that's he's no one of of consequence really on on the team. And then Tanner Pearson, he's not what did he he scored ten goals in fifty one games. He's not 
not doing a ton. You know, it's just there's not these guys that are really going to scare you on the wing. And then if one player goes down, which inevitably one player will, there's nothing behind them. Yeah, and that's the thing, right? Death, right? That's where good teams are always successful because they can they can keep the ship afloat when guys go down, right? I mean, obviously, when Sidney Crosby goes down, right, they've got Malkin to carry the load or, you know, vice versa, and they've, you know, they've obviously had pieces to plug in holes when guys go down. But on this Vancouver team, right, Pedersen goes down. Really, Bo Horvats, he's fine as a second-line guy, but he can't fill in that hole as, as a top-line centerman to really produce offensively and get this team scoring goals. And so, you know, again, that that's going to be the challenge this offseason because they've still got guys like Anton Roussel, uh, Jake Vertan, and Tyler Mott. Um, you know, they've got guys on these deals that maybe are hindering them a little bit as far as cap situations go. Um, and you could even throw Braden Holtby's name in that in that ring now too because he's just – and Louis Erickson, again, you know, a guy who, you know, maybe they buy him out this offseason, right, to kind of spread some of that money out. But, um, you know, again, they, they've got issues and at, at the cap. And basically, they're going to have $14 million, $14.9 million next season to work with. And they've got to re-sign Elias Pedersen. So you've got to think at least half of that, if not more, is going to be tied up in him. And and then, you know, you've got to look at the back end, right? Alexander Edler, he's been a serviceable guy. Obviously, he's not going to get $6 million, But, you know, really outside of Nate Schmidt and Tyler Myers, they have, you know, and Quinn Hughes, obviously, is going to need money, too. So there goes all your cap money. So what do you, what are you doing with this team? Because you, you've got to figure things out from a cap situation just to keep the guys you have on your roster there, let alone have to sign guys that can fill in those depth areas in your middle six to help you be competitive when guys go down. Yeah. Fortunately, a lot of those guys are, a lot of those, those numbers are beginning to go away. You know, they, you're, like Luongo and his recapture, it's only has one year left. That three million bucks, like that, that's a killer. You know, your three million dollars. There's a good player, especially if you can package that three million of Roussel and turn it into a six million dollar player. I mean, that's that's uh, that's a lot of money in in the cap, especially when the cap's sitting still. Uh, but I do think that you know you could trade Antoine, Antoine Roussel. Uh, you could you could deal a Jake Vertanen. Uh, there are some guys that I that they could afford to uh, to let go, and they would find themselves in in a different position. I think that maybe you know maybe you do try and uh, and trade Braden Holtby. He, I mean, he can he submits a four team no trade list, so <laughs> you got twenty eight teams that he can go to. I'm sure you can find somebody who's willing to bring in Braden Holtby at four point three million for one year. So when I when I consider that. You know, there's one thing that I really want the Canucks to do. Uh, you want to hear what it is? I would I would love to. The Canucks to me, like I said, they're missing they're missing that like they need somebody who can just come in and lead this team. I, I Bo Horvat, great defensive forward. He does so many things right. He is the captain. He's a he's a, a, a great little player. He's never done he hasn't done anything. He hasn't done anything. I mean, he's, he's played lots of regular season games, and that's fine. I'm sure he's a good guy. I want to bring in someone who's been there. He's gone on long playoff runs. He's He's been a captain for a long time, and he puts up big points. I want to find a way. In, in, in a dream world here, 
I don't. I'm sure that he's gonna that Colorado will do all they can to keep him. But Gabriel Landeskog is a UFA, and can you imagine what if Vancouver give him ten million a year? If only they had the cap money. To but do they so. do. They they can get the cap money. The cap money. I, to me, cap money. These teams can figure out. Plus, you can in the off season. Remember, you can spend ten percent more. So that sure. means in the off season that they have they have twenty four million dollars available. So now you just have to figure out. You know what do you have to do to get rid of Louis Erickson and his that one last last uh, year of his deal? You know, can you find a team who will take a, a second round pick or something and and take that? Uh, can you? You know, can you find somebody to take these the different like a Jay Beagle or or Antoine Roussel? Like there, there's players in here where you could you could dish off some money. Yeah. I want them to bring in Gabriel Landeskog. I think he'd be a great fit in Vancouver. I don't I mean, think he's going to leave Colorado, you. but if he yeah, was I, getting I a either. boatload <laughs> of money, you never know. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I it's. It's a fantasy. It's it's great to think about those sort of things that you can make happen because, yeah, that would be an amazing addition for this team. And I think it would, you know, add a little something that maybe this team misses. And uh, that is leadership, right? Um, but, yeah, it's, it's going to take over $10 million to get him to come away from Colorado and uh, to go from a perennial Stanley Cup contender now to basically a team that might make the playoffs. That, that's going to take a lot of money to get him to move there. And Denver is a super, I mean, well, Vancouver is too, is a really nice city. So, um, but for me, honestly, if you want to hear one move that I think might be good for this team, as far as uh, shedding some cap money and could shake things up a little bit to say, Hey, you know what? Because listen, Vancouver went out today um, and they, they brought in two new coaches, got rid of four guys here. So I think they're trying to find ways to be creative, to really shake things up on this team. But to me, I think if you want to shake shake things up and get rid of a big-name player, Tyler Myers is the guy I think you want to move. Um, I think at 31 years old, $6 million, right-handed shot, he still has a good enough game where I think you're going to find a lot of teams that are willing to pay a good price for him. You can bring in some assets. You could even make a trade to bring in, again, more center depth or more scoring, guys on the wings, right? Um because to me, I think Tyler Myers, I, when I watch his game, he's, he's such a big defenseman and he doesn't use his body and it drives me nuts. And I think there's so many situations where, you know, maybe he uses physicality a little bit more that would prevent some scoring opportunities. Right. And I think, uh, at six foot eight, six foot eight, 230 pounds, he has more than enough to, to go around. Um, but he just doesn't do it. And I think, you know, again, maybe because he is a little bit more of an offensively minded defenseman. Uh, you know, maybe that's just not not in his game anymore. But I think if you find a team that's willing to, you know, to willing to give you some good pieces in return, you know, maybe you luck out, you find, you know, a, a couple wingers that can can play in your middle six there and provide you with some nice scoring depth, and you get a draft pick out of it. Who knows? I mean, uh, but again, to me, if I want to shake things up, I think that's the move I make, and that's the piece that I I send out. Okay, uh, one one more realistic than Gabriel Landeskog is a. Uh... What about a Tyler Bozak? He could definitely stabilize that third line. You know, he's somebody who can put up 30, even 40 points. He can score you close to 20 goals in a year uh, if he's playing with the right guys. And he, you know, you know what you're getting with Tyler Bozak. He's won a cup. He's been on some good teams. So 
Tyler Bozak might be a good fit to kind of come in there and stabilize uh, that bottom six for Vancouver. And you'd probably get him pretty cheap. I, I don't, yeah. I don't think you'd have to pay him a ton to come there. Uh, yeah. Now you did mention Colorado earlier. And one guy that I did think of that I don't think is going to resign in Colorado, who I think has been very, very good for them in the playoffs and who has cuffs to his name. And that's a Brandon side. Right, I think we yeah. had some nice depth. And again, I don't think he's going to cost you six million bucks either. So. No, I would wonder though if Brendan Saad would be, you know, at this point in his career, he's won a bunch. So, I guess you're probably going to go where you can get the most money. Of <laughs> my guess, Perhaps, yeah. But we'll, I guess we'll we'll see on that. We'll we'll find out whenever Colorado is eliminated. Which, hey, technically it could be uh, could be you might already be listening to this and Colorado's eliminated, uh, but. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Okay. Vancouver Canucks. Where does this team stand in your mind? Yeah, I think just because uh, we mentioned this on our last show with the LA Kings, I think because of the division they're in um, and the goaltending and the, I guess you could consider maybe the top three or four guys they have up front on forward. I think if they just add a few pieces as far as team status goes, I think they're maybe two years away from being a, a Stanley Cup, or not a Stanley Cup, a playoff type contending team. Yeah, and and this is a playoff contending team though that they could make the playoffs next year and no one would be sure. surprised. But I don't think that they're a team that's going to win the division. You know, and be sure. somebody yep. who it's like there's no doubt this is a playoff team. I, I think they're kind of on that like they're on the bubble but the side of the bubble where you go, eh, "I don't know." I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. Although a healthy Elias Pettersson really changes things. Uh, okay, let's go Arizona Coyotes for our last team of the day. The Arizona Coyotes, uh, after after a pretty nice season during the bubble and a little little playoff run kind of thing there, uh, the Arizona Coyotes really struggled this year. And, uh, you know, at one point it looked like, hey, maybe they can make the playoffs, then they didn't. And they were just kind of one of the four really bad teams in the bottom of that Honda West division. Uh, they... As as per usual, not not like An- not, not like the Anaheim Ducks, but they couldn't really score goals. Uh, they let in a good amount of goals, and they just they just don't continue to not have that depth up front. And headed into the offseason, let's talk UFAs. The Arizona Coyotes have Derek Broussard, Oliver Ekman. Or, no, sorry, no. Alex Alex Goligoski, Nicholas Jalmerson, Jason Demers, Jordan Osterley, and Auntie Rotna as UFAs coming into this season. So there is a lot to do in Arizona. Hey, you forgot Marion Hosa's name in there too, by the way. <laughs> I th- I thought about it. I actually read an article in the Athletic the yesterday about Marion Hosa. He has not played hockey in like four really? years. He has not, like, I think he went and he did something where he was, like, helping coach some. I think. And he said, yeah, this is the first time I've actually picked up a hockey stick in four years. He's like, no, nah, I don't wow. He said he doesn't miss it, and he's he's happy doing what he's doing. And, uh, and he considered coming back, and he just decided, nope, not worth it. I don't want to have to deal with this skin condition, so I'm just done. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, Marion Hosa, there you go. He will retire an Arizona Coyote. Maybe right, Chicago, maybe at the end of this deal, Chicago signs him to like one of those one, 
one day thing so that he can retire a, a Chicago Blackhawk. Hey, there you go. How about the Red Wings just sign him to that? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, he after his one year with Detroit. Right. <laughs> I, I mean, in in reality, he should retire as an Atlanta Thrasher. That's there you go. <laughs> I mean, he. I mean, for a guy who you know won three Stanley Cups, he played on a lot of teams before that. <laughs> he played. At, he was on Atlanta and Ottawa because he was dealt for Danny Heatley. Yep. And uh, who else did he play? He played on then Pittsburgh and Detroit and then Chicago. Finally won his cups. And now the Arizona Coyotes, although he never wore their jersey. Um, okay, anyways, enough about Hosa. These UFAs have to be the story of, of Arizona's offseason because it's leaving them with a whopping $31 million to spend. Who's staying? Who's going? What are the Coyotes doing? Yeah, first let's start in goal, right? I think Antti Rodna, he's gone. Um, obviously, you like Darcy Kemper. You've got him signed for one more year, and I think they're going to probably get him to a, you know, another three-year extension or something like that after this season, and maybe they figure out where the cap's going from there. But uh, Aiden Hill, I think, is a quality backup, uh, someone who, again, he had a good season this year, and I think there's no reason not to give him the opportunity to finally be uh, you know, a backup goaltender, at least a 1B in the NHL for this team. And so Antti Rotna, to me, he's got to go. I think, obviously, he's probably going to want a little bit too much money anyways. Uh, when you look at the back end, I think, you know, Alex Goligoski, Nick, Nicholas Jarlmason, I think one of those guys probably sticks around. Um, Goligoski, to me, might be the one that I would probably sign more than the other just because um, I like his legs a little bit more. But, again, he does have nice you know, legs. Yes. <laughs> but again, I mean, you know what? Either one of these guys is not a bad signing. I like both of their veteran leadership and their, they still have a little bit of, you know, game left in them. So um, Jason Demers, again, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's the one that resigns either because, again, he's still a quality guy. I was actually kind of shocked that either one of these three guys weren't dealt at the deadline uh, for something, to be quite honest. Obviously, Jarmusen had thinking. Yeah, I mean, they weren't competing. They they were pretty far off at that point. So, I don't know, a pipe dream, I suppose. But, um, you know, and then up front, as far as forwards are concerned, honestly, you know what, all the UFAs, Bunting, Fashing, and Broussard, I don't see any one of these guys sticking around. Yeah, who and cares Uf, about you know, those guys? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> really, it's all on the back end. And so, um, you know, hey, I, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Do you think any one of those three big-name defensemen or anti to stick around? Uh, no, definitely not in Toronto. I think that uh, Jalmerson's Jalmerson signed there as a free agent out of Chicago, if you remember, uh, I believe. Right? He didn't get traded there. Yeah, he's no, he was yeah free agent. No, no, he did sign with sign with the Chicago Blackhawks. Is that right? Am I just going crazy? I think you're going crazy, but. Uh, yes, they... No, you're right. He was traded yeah. there. Yep. Yes, he I'm signed sorry. with the Blackhawks, and then he was traded. Yes. Yep, I'm sorry. So, I, I... My guess is that the guy that they want to stay is probably Jalmerson. Okay? And now... And maybe that's because he's... I don't, he would come a little cheaper. I mean, he doesn't really put up a lot offensively. Uh, no, it's but hard to, it's hard to look... And- yeah. Yes. Jacob it's, Chikrin to yes. produce there. So, and I th- I think it's hard to it's hard to put into numbers the way that Jalmerson has impacted this team. I mean, when they made that move, it was huge. 
uh, it was kind of it, it kind of legitimized the the Arizona Coyote defense at the time, and I think the influence that he's had on a Jacob Chikrin, and and just he's a very stabilizing force. Uh, I think that he might be somebody that you look to to hang around. Goligoski, he does have the offensive upside to him that Jalmerson definitely doesn't have. Uh, you know, Goligoski's a probably a thirty easy thirty point guy every year. Uh, I wonder if he would prefer to go somewhere where he could where he could win at thirty five years old. He's never well. I guess did he win with Pittsburgh? He did win with Pittsburgh. No, no, he actually he didn't. Did I'm not. sorry. No, yes, no. he did. He oh no, they, yeah, 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 yeah. He won with them the first time, right? Yeah, in 08. No, no, he didn't play in the playoffs. So he'd only played three oh, games. Oh nine, he did win the cup. He did win the cup though. He played two playoff games. Right. But that year. I, but, I, okay, yeah. yeah. So he wasn't really yeah. like in it. Yeah. So I, I'm, he might have a ring, but. I could see, you know, a guy like that saying, you know, I want to go and, and make a run at it one more time. And this Arizona team isn't a team that's going to win the cup again. Um, Jomerson, he won his cups. And I, I think maybe he just, you know, you enjoy the weather and you stick around. So that that's the way that I'd sure. go. Uh, on the forward position, the most interesting guy, maybe one of the more interesting forwards this offseason is going to be Phil Kessel. Because yes. Phil Kessel is a UFA at the end of the year, you know, one year left on his deal and boy, oh boy, if Phil Kessel gets dealt again and Arizona holds on to uh, a little bit more of his salary, <laughs> his salary is all over the league because uh, the Leafs are still paying for him. Uh, I think they retained his salary when he got dealt to Pittsburgh, but Phil Kessel, he can, I, I think put in the right situation uh, he's still going to score you a bunch of I me. Mean, he scored 20 goals in the 56 games. He was on pace for almost 30 goals again this year. Um, had had a bounce back year from uh, kind of an ugly 19-20. Granted, that team just didn't score ever. Uh, it really, in my mind, hasn't totally worked out. I think maybe the way that Kessel was hoping in Arizona after getting dealt from, from Pittsburgh. You know, he goes from... In Pittsburgh, a 70, 92, and 82-point season to 38 and 43 game, 43 points. Uh, now, some of that could be age. I think also it's just the playing style and the guys around him. I think Phil Kessel is going to want out. And he's going to go somewhere, not not anywhere where you know he's, he's going to get a ton of attention. I, I think that it was fair to say that he didn't like all the attention in Toronto, so I don't think that he would go to a team like that. But there's one team that I'm eyeing for a Phil Kessel deal, and that's oh, the Florida sure. Panthers. Oh. I think Phil Kessel would happily go to the Florida Panthers. He'd still be in an area where you know, he's not going to get, he's not going to have a lot of external pressure, and he can enjoy the weather, and he would have some. Great players to play with. And you know the one thing that Florida lost that they didn't replace, and and it showed when they played Tampa, they didn't replace Mike Hoffman. They did not have that just that winger that could you could just at any point you get him the puck in the right spot and he can snap one home. And that's Phil Kessel. And I think if you played Kessel with and you'd reunite him with Patrick Hornquist, who they had great success in Pittsburgh. 
I think that's a that's a move that I would be looking to make if I were the Florida Panthers. Find out if if Arizona and what they you know what they want. I think that Florida, like adding Phil Kessel to the Florida Panthers, suddenly I think you are legitimately going. Oh, this team might be a Stanley Cup contender. Okay, yeah, I uh, I don't hate that move at all because I will say right, Phil Kessel to me, obviously. The first year in Arizona, I think it's just trying to adjust to a completely new system. He has absolutely nobody playing center for him. And then this year, right, he kind of figures things out a little bit, gets back to his game. But, again, still no centerman, right, to pass him the puck. Obviously, he's got Nick Schmaltz and, you know, Christian Dvorak. But these aren't elite top-line centers. These are guys who are best suited on the second and third line. So, to me, I think if you put him in a situation like Florida, right, you can give him, you know, maybe – you know, a Sam Bennett or a, a you know Alexander Barkov to dish him the puck, and oh my gosh, he could he could potentially put back up 30, 35 goals again because he's still got feet underneath him and he's still got you know a wicked wrist shot. So you know, hey, I mean, at six point eight million dollars next year, I think Florida would easily find a way to fit that in right now, um, and then maybe even long term, maybe he takes a little less money being you know at the the tail end of his career to just say, hey, you know what, for for two or three more seasons, I want to be able to compete and. Um, you know, hey, I'll uh, I'll go ahead and take a little less money and no state tax either. So there you go. So now we can there take less go. money. Yeah, this overall, this team is kind of, I, I don't know what they're going to be. Because also, remember last year, Oliver Ekman Larson, uh, there was a lot of talk about him getting dealt. And he said, you know, once this point in the, in the offseason hits, I will not allow myself to be dealt. So then he wasn't. Who's to say that stuff doesn't start coming up again? Like why? Why wouldn't right. it? Why wouldn't it? So, I now, mean, I I would I give it probably sixty percent that he's in Arizona next year. But there's going to be a lot of chatter. I yeah, and I I think the big thing that that kind of hinges on this is the fact that they're getting a new coach, right? So they've got a new coach. They're going to get a new system in place. So I think if OEL you know comes back to camp and says, hey, you know what? I don't, I don't really like this guy. I don't like this guy. I don't like the direction he's bringing, you know, the team's going in right now. Um, you know, at some point, does Bill Armstrong say, hey, we're going to blow things up and start a rebuild? And does he want to hang around for that? So, you know, hey, I mean, if there's, there's a time to leave, it's now because you're probably going to get the most as far as value goes out of OEL. So maybe Bill Armstrong says, hey, you know what? We're starting the rebuild. You know, you are, you've been our captain, you know, for these last few years you're basically the face of this franchise and, you know, we want to give you the opportunity to leave if you think that, uh, you know, you, you don't want to stick around for this. And so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I'm 50-50 at this point. I think, you know, there's a good chance he'll stay there. But at the same time, I think if he doesn't like the coach that comes in, if he thinks the system's wrong and that maybe they're going to start heading towards a rebuild, then maybe he says, you know what, I, I got to go somewhere where I can get a, a shot at a cup here. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, he he's such a fantastic defenseman. What about this deal? What about sending Oliver Ekman Larson and Phil Kessel to the Toronto Maple Leafs for and, and a first round pick for Mitch Marner? Oh, oh my! That's that's the uh, I I don't want the Leafs to trade Marner because I I don't. He's so young. <laughs> he hasn't even yeah. hit his peak yet. Uh, but that's the kind of deal being thrown around. Hey, what if we brought back Phil Kessel and you bring in Ekman Larson? Suddenly you've got this like a four prong defense. And yeah, you lose Marner, but 
hey, you've got Phil Kessel and and now some younger guys can come up. Eh, not the worst thing I've ever heard. Yeah, you know, I think if honestly, if OEL is going to get moved, one team I'd love to see him go to, I think more than any, would probably be uh, the Winnipeg Jets. I think, you know, obviously their priority is going to be getting a number two centerman in there because obviously you, you saw it with Mark Shifley being gone. They really had a hard time producing offense. But the other one was, uh, you know, Neil Pionk and Josh Morrissey, right? That pairing was so good against McDavid and Dreisaitl. And then when Pionk went down, they just had a hard time shutting down that top line, um, you know, with Toffoli in them. And so I think, you know, obviously they would love to find somebody else to solidify a second pairing for them. And, you know, hey, you know what? OEL and Dylan DeMilo on the second pairing isn't isn't so bad when you got Pionk and Morrissey on the top. Yeah, maybe you cut your losses with Pierre-Luc Dubois and deal them for Ekman Larson. Hey, there you go. <laughs> I think, I th- honestly, I think Arizona would welcome that because, again, they badly need a, a top-line sentiment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, I, I some of the reason that I think Vancouver let Chris Tanev go is because they thought they were going to get Oliver, Oliver Ekman Larson. Yeah. And that didn't happen. Now I wonder if if the trade talks ramp back up and that that to me is probably a very likely team for Ekman Larson. Uh Vancouver wants a, a top defenseman to go along with Quinn Hughes and boy, that would be a that would be a top pairing, wouldn't it? Oh, that would be yeah, that would be really nice. <laughs> All right. Well that's the Vancouver Connects. Uh Justin, tell us where this team stands right now in your mind. Oh, you mean the oh, Arizona sorry, the Coyotes? Arizona Coyotes, yes. <laughs> to me, honestly, I think this team needs to go into full rebuild, rebuild mode. Um, I think they need to start selling off assets, right? We talked about it. Uh, Phil Kessel's got to go. OEL, I think, has to go. You've got to start selling off pieces here and get this rebuild going as soon as possible. New GM, new coach, get them in here, get the pieces, and I think maybe you can turn around with you know some of these guys like Clayton Keller and Nick Smoltz you have signed. You could probably turn this around in four years. Okay. I like it. I, I think I agree. I, I, this team's really never been a contender and they've almost had to just like do their best to make the playoffs just so that they can, they have fans. And, uh, I think that the real way to build this is to just be bad for a minute and, and build a real good team that can actually score. Like this team's not fun to watch. Right. Make build a team that's fun to watch, and and you can build a you can build a bad team that's fun to watch. Just be fun to watch at this point. Yep. I, I think you'll be in a good place. Okay, that is our show. You can find us on Twitter at OT Hockey Talk. Let us know what you think of the Vancouver Canucks and the Arizona Coyotes, what they'll do in the off season, and we will talk to you soon.